what is going on you guys and welcome back to another video if it is your first time here my name is brandon as always we do have our investing academy as that first link in the description below today we are going to be covering the topic of why i hold certain stocks in my tfsa versus why i hold certain stocks in my rsp i'll tell you guys this is one of the most requested questions that i've ever got on the channel actually this is a an exact email that came in from one of our newest membership students named Ryan, he says, I just wanted to start off by saying I purchased the premium membership group and already love it. That's of course the group that gives you access to my portfolios, trade calls, all that, all that jazz. I just got a question. Maybe you can answer this through a video because I don't believe I'm the only person who is a little bit confused. My question was, is there a specific reason that for example, you hold TD bank in both your TFSA and RSP, does it have to do with contribution room? I remember countless times through many videos you talked that you mentioned that Canadian stock market makes up 2% of the global market and we really want to expose ourselves to growth. We must invest in the US market. My last question is after looking at your portfolio, do you strongly believe that you need to own too many Canadian stocks? Okay, that part that part's not as important. The main topic was and in this case he was looking at the stock TD Bank, which I do happen to own in both of my accounts. Why is that the case? What's the thought process behind that? And I can't go as far as speaking for everybody out there, but in this video, I will share with you what I do and why I make the decisions that I do. Hopefully that'll give you guys some insight. All I would ask is if you do appreciate this video, if you learn something new, give it a big, big thumbs up. And I will assume that most of you guys watching this video do have an understanding of both the TFSA and RRSP. If not, I've done two very good videos on there that will give you a full breakdown on both of these accounts. So I think the uh, in an ideal case, let's just say we're starting from scratch, we have X amount of money, we're building a portfolio. There are more advantageous places to put particular stocks. The location of the assets in terms of which accounts or which buckets you're holding them in, they do come into play. And a very obvious one that we talk about all the time is let's look at US dividend stocks. I own a number of US dividend stocks such as Lockheed Martin, such as Coca-Cola, such as Walmart, uh, the list goes on. But those are all companies that trade on likely the New York Stock Exchange, maybe the NASDAQ, but US stocks traded in US dollars, they pay US dividends. Now, these stocks are technically more favorable to hold in the RRSP. Here in Canada, the RRSP is uh, categorized as a retirement account. That's what they've established. And because it's set out for Canadians uh, for long-term retirement, they do actually have some certain uh, rules in place where in the RSP, you are not subject to a 15% withholding, 15% uh, foreign withholding tax. Meaning on those dividends, most of the time, if you received a US dividend in either your TFSA or in uh, your non-registered account, that is subject to tax. And the IRS in the US says, hey, these are our companies from here. We generated this money in the US. We actually get to keep a little bit about of that. Well, in the RRSP, there's a, there's a treaty in place. They say, hey, guess what? You don't have to pay those taxes. So that's a clear example right off the bat where yes, in theory, holding that, those shares of Lockheed Martin or Coca-Cola or McDonald's would be more favorable in the RRSP versus the TFSA. Now to build off that, you will come across a lot of Canadian investors who then go on to say, well, if that's the case, I want to just hold Canadian stocks in my TFSA, right? There's no foreign withholding tax on Canadian dividends. 
because they're not a foreign company, those are domestic companies, you're going to get all your dividends, everything's good in the TFSA if it's a Canadian stock, and they'll just section things off in that sort. I do not follow this principle, and I do not actually do this in practice. And as you'll see, if you join our group and take a look at my portfolio, I have a mix of both. And the reality is this. Ideally, yes, that is such a, that is the most economical way of doing it, splitting things up and uh, really sectioning things off. And again, maybe up front, that's very easy to do. But when you start investing for long periods of time, and when you've been investing for years and years, like I have, you come to realize that that's just not that practical to keep everything's perfectly split up. Some key considerations and examples that I've gone through with this exact case is that let's assume you have, let's assume you're looking at cash in your accounts. Depending on where I have cash at the moment, that will often be a bigger uh, dictator. That will be a bigger, uh, I'll put more weight on that decision as to where I'm buying these stocks simply due to where I have cash at the time. You know, there will be periods of time where let's assume I just made my RRSP contribution, right? I just popped a bunch of money in, it's the new year and I'm like, okay, let's go. And let's say I've maxed out my TFSA at this point. Well, let's assume a great Canadian stock goes on a massive sale. Let's assume a stock like Canadian National Railway or, you know, TELUS has a huge drop and I'm like, this is just a great time to buy this stock. But, you know, I don't have cash in my TFSA right now, so my RSPs for U.S. stocks, I'm just going to have to hold off on that. How foolish is that? How silly is that? You're going to pass up on a great investment opportunity because of the different accounts. The cash, where you have cash at the moment, will often play such a major role. The reverse is also true. Maybe I've just made my, you know, contribution to my TFSA this year, and I see an amazing U.S. stock that is on uh, looking at an attractive price right now. Yes, I've dedicated the, the RRSP to that because yeah, I'm getting a, favor, a slightly more favorable tax rate on my dividends, but I'm gonna miss out on a major, major, major opportunity if I'm just sectioning those off. So again, in reality, I, in theory, yes, upfront, that makes sense, but when you invest for years and years and years, and then it goes on to decades, the money in your account do not always add up, okay? And uh, up front, yeah, it's good to target those types of things, but let's just keep it real. It's not realistic. A second consideration that I'd like to talk about, and I'm going to keep this video nice and short because I know I've been making longer videos these days and I, you know, I know you guys like the shorter ones from time to time. The second consideration is rebalancing, okay? I know investors, some of them like to look at portfolios in and of themselves. Some like to take the 30,000 foot view and look down. I'd say that's all personal preference, but one thing you need to consider, especially as a beginner, is, well, what happens a year down the road when you want to rebalance your portfolio? And let me give you a perfect case a perfect case scenario. If you've dedicated your entire RRSP to US stocks, and you look at your overall portfolio and you say, oh, smokes, I am uh, too overweight the US market. These stocks have done well, I am... Um, you know, the Canadian market maybe has uh, fallen a little bit and I'd actually rather even things out a little bit. Or I think there's actually some opportunity here in the Canadian market and US markets overheated. Well, how are you going to take that money from your RRSP and move it into your TFSA, right? If you have an understanding of the RRSP, you cannot just simply withdraw money. That's going to be taxable in the year that you take it out. If you are just treating these as two independent things, 
the crossover can get a little bit blurry. And from a portfolio management standpoint, I'd rather say, hey, I have flexibility within both accounts. Let's assume I decide, oh, I want to decrease my US weighting by 10%, maybe even 15%. Let's be a little drastic here. Well, if I have holdings, US holdings and Canadian holdings in both, well, that's easy. I can sell and buy within the accounts, but you can't transfer account to account, especially coming out of an RRSP. Um, that's just another consideration that people tend to overlook when they're starting. And it's easy to just see upfront, oh, this makes sense from a mathematical standpoint. This makes sense from a taxation standpoint. And, you know, I'm going to build my portfolio this way. You have to think years down the road in terms of what are the potential issues you're going to run into. And my principle, my philosophy on investing is that it should be something that is seamless. You know, investing, the way I like to do it is it's just keeping it simple and making sure that you're not running into these hitches and hiccups. And it's something that you can just kind of go by and, you know, minimize the potential uh, issues and problems you have. And for me, again, this is just my personal investment uh, thought process on this. I'd rather give up the, the 15% withholding tax on some dividends for the peace of mind and for the flexibility that building balanced portfolios in each of my various accounts provides me. So that's a pretty simple answer to the question there, guys. We did talk about this in the last um, video with Mark and myself when we did the q and I'll link it up above. We talked about how investors get so caught up in the minute details, right? Oh, I only want stocks to pay monthly dividends. Oh, there's a withholding tax. Oh, 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 oh. So many things that get them focused on the little and they overlook the big picture. They overlook the overriding objective of investing, which is to own great assets. And in general, both the TFSA and the RRSP are phenomenal accounts here in Canada. If we can use these accounts, which are tax sheltered, they'll let our gains compound. For the most part, we'll be receiving dividends tax-free. You compare that to, let's say, a non-registered account or a taxable account, these are two little havens for us to just grow our wealth. So why would we, let's give the example of TD Bank. Let's assume TD Bank, which I do own in both portfolios, I establish this as a great company to buy. I feel it's going to be a great contribution and a great hold in my portfolio over the long term. I personally don't care where I buy that investment because again, if it's going to provide me with the return that I ultimately hope over years, compounding year after year after year, I'm not so focused on the minute details because again, objective number one as an investor is to buy great investments and buy great assets. And then we focus then on, you know, where we can uh, optimize where we can trim down on the little uh, peripheral things, but that doesn't come first. And I think that's the mistake that so many people hear. You know, you hear a lot of other people, a lot of other channels saying, do this, do this. They don't really know what they're talking about. Investment comes first and then you whittle down, right? You don't want to just uh, take everything at face value and say, oh, well, I heard that you shouldn't be holding these things in your, in your RSP or vice versa. Nah, to me personally, it does not matter. I'd rather build well-rounded portfolios. And that's a simple answer to that question. I will keep this video short today because every time I say I do a short video, it ends up being close to 20 minutes. So with that said, I think that's a phenomenal question by Ryan. He was right. This is a question that he's not the only person confused by. Uh, I've gotten this question so many times. This is the first time I've made a video about it and giving you guys some actual insight into what I do. Obviously, if you do want to see more in terms of what he's looking at and what exactly they're talking about, 
Our membership group is live. It's $19 a month, $19.95. You get to see my entire portfolio. You get to see my entire trades, every stock, every little weighting. Um, it'll probably give you a better picture of, of how I like to construct portfolios and it comes with a variety of other tools. So do check that out in the description below. Thank you, Ryan, for such a phenomenal question. And yeah, like people like this, these are exactly the types of people we're trying to build our community with. But uh, if you enjoyed the video, like I said, if you learned something new, take a moment and give it a thumbs up. If you're not already subscribed to the channel, we post videos like this every week. And then we do also offer courses and training if you need uh, courses and training on the stock market. But as always, I thank you guys for watching. I hope, well, I'm gonna say, if you made it this far in the video, I'm gonna share with you guys uh, the microphone that I'm filming on today. The, the the cable fell out just prior to posting this. I shared it over on Instagram. And the fact that I was able to plug it back in with the four little prongs and it's still recording, hey, this microphone's a beast. It's been like this for a long time, but I'm glad I was able to get this uh, video filmed up for you guys. That's why I'm kind of rushing it too. But I'll see you guys in the next video.